God of refuge, be my Savior. God of everlasting good, you alone have satisfied me more than water, more than food. Hi, it's great to have you with us this morning as we join together for this, our sixth week of our online Sunday Reflections. It's been lovely to connect with many of you over the course of this week, whether that's by phone call or in our online virtual cafe. And over the weeks, we'll be trying different ways of connecting and linking together in fellowship. I've come here today to the beautiful grounds of the old, old Kirk in Keneally State. This church has been here since the 11th century. And, but long before that, it was a site of Christian worship. It's thought that there was a Christian presence here as far back as the 6th century, when Saint Serf from the monastery over in Curus threw his staff across the river and it landed here in this site and a monastery was built here connected to the one in Curus. And there was a village here at one time as well and before that it was the site of a Roman fortlet which is just over there sitting as this does on the Antonine Wall. And so it's long been a site of human habitation and so it seems very right that in the midst of it all we find a site of Christian witness and worship. For wherever people are there in the midst of them we find God and that has been the case throughout the ages. I find that thought strangely comforting in these days that ever since the beginning of civilization as we know it God has been in our midst. Let's hear the words from Psalm 145 as we prepare ourselves to come together in God's presence. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise his greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They speak, with the they speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we come before you today and we bring you our praise. You call each one of us into this time of fellowship and reflection, a time of worship, so unlike everything else that we are used to. But Lord, we can be sure that you are present with each one of us wherever we gather from. We come into your presence in response to your call, in answer to your invitation, as people have from generation to generation. And we find you ready to beckon us in with no need for social distancing and you envelop us, each one of us, into your embrace. Such is your love for us. And as we sense your arms surrounding us, may it lift our spirits, may it fill our being and may it bring a smile to our faces. May it overwhelm us that you, the God of the beginning, the God of all time, that you in this moment embrace us that you, God who created heaven and earth, the beauty surrounding me, who carved the mountains and chiselled the riverbeds, formed us and loved us, the God who was born in a stable in Bethlehem, Emmanuel, is you, God
God with us now, cradling us in the palm of your hand, and that you, the one who hung on a cross to redeem humanity, have redeemed us and delight in us. And as we sit with that for a moment, may we offer to you the things that we wish to be forgiven for. The thoughts, the angry words, the careless comments which have hurt you or others or ourselves this week. And as we ask for your forgiveness, may we also find your strength to forgive those who have hurt us or those whom we love. And as that love, that forgiveness seeps into us, Lord, let our praise spill out to you as we praise you. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, bless us now in our time together. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's news time and so if you're watching this on Facebook you can comment in the, the section underneath and share your news with one another. It's been lovely over the past few weeks to see people sharing birthdays and anniversaries and to hear and see one another wishing each other um, congratulations and happiness and things like that as we normally would in church. Also it's an opportunity if you're, you don't regularly worship with us to say hello and to say where you're tuning in from. It's lovely to see who we have and if you were with us in person in our building we would invite you to sign our visitors book. So see it as that and fill in um, a comment underneath, just say who you are and where you're joining us from. It's, it was lovely last week to hear from Lauren and to meet Jessica and to welcome her into our Old Kirk family, to, to, to see her and to say hello. And this week I've asked Eleanor Rose to share a little bit of what she's been up to, as like many other of us, she's still working. And she was in Deanburn School this week. So let's hear what life is like just now in one of our local schools. On Wednesday this week, I was part of a group of volunteers who normally work in schools and who have volunteered to work in Deanborough School, that's the hub school in our area. The children who access this hub are from key workers' families or families who need a bit of support within the community. Mrs King, who also comes with us to Carpe Connect, and who they tell me is my sidekick, was on the rota on Wednesday, and it was good to see her. This was normality of sorts for me, a familiar place and familiar and new faces, and we all worked really well together as a team. It was lovely to see the children who started their day with registration and then they ordered lunch. Just a reminder that the hub kitchen is open between 12 and 1.30 for families whose children normally can receive a preschool lunch and it can be picked up as a grab bag. We filled our day with drawing, construction toys, reading and watching stories. And being blessed with good weather, the children were able to run free in the playground and have fun. We ended up our day having dancing and although my moods were bad, it was very uplifting and we all had a good time. Please remember us all in your prayers. Thank you. Thank you, Eleanor. That really moved me and it got me thinking. It may seem, as we thought about things last week, and as we mourned the loss of normal, 
that somehow life has paused. But really, what I'm discovering in this time is that I have a renewed sense of hearing God, of listening to him, and that everything is shouting one thing at me in this. That God is in this and is working in this and that something new will emerge from it. Last week when I was out for my run, I was reflecting as I often do and processing. And I took a different route from the one that I have done over recent weeks. Instead of heading down the wind and along the foreshore, I decided to run along Deanfield Road, through Wotherspoon Drive and across Dean Road at the top of the slab and along here into Keneally Estate. I ran around the curling pond and back up through the trees before looping back along the way that I'd come back to the manse. It was good. The estate, despite the early hour, was a hive of activity. There were dog walkers and nature was out too in abundance. The curling pond was noisy with ducks and moorhens and seagulls. And I was very aware of the stiff breeze in the trees and as I ran, hearing it in my ears. And as I came out of up round past the pond and up the hill, I came to the point where all of the paths in the estate converge and I had to decide which way to go. And so I decided to take the one that's darker. It cuts diagonally away down through the trees in the, in the wood where the, the pine trees are still dense. And as I entered it, something shifted. It's darker in that part of the wood. And as I said, it's denser. And so there's nothing to see other than the tall tree trunks, which are all pretty much the same color, uniformly gray, a kind of greeny brown. And so perhaps, maybe because there was less to see, maybe because it was darker, my ears became more attentive. And I felt as though I could have heard one of those pin needles drop. Once my eyes had adjusted to their new surroundings, I could spot the movement of the birds and other creatures in the trees. And it made me think that maybe in this time, in these days when our vision of what lies ahead is obscured and we can literally only see the path for today, that maybe when we can't see those that we love and care about, maybe when we're listening to them, our listening is heightened. And it also made me think about what God is saying in all of it. And I wondered how much easier it might be to see and hear God when everything else, all of the usual distractions, all of the usual noise and busyness isn't there to take up our time and our attention in this time of new normal. Let's hear from God's word for today, read by Morag. The reading is taken from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9b to 15. The Lord appears to Elijah, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, pulled down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, pulled down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Amen. And may God bless this reading of his word. It's an Old Testament passage about the prophet Elijah, who has been hounded out of Israel by Jezebel, the woman married to King Ahab. In the previous chapter, Elijah had defeated the prophets of Baal. And if you remember the story on the top of Mount Carmel, God had sent fire to burn the altar of the Lord while the altars of Baal stood unburned. Jezebel and Ahab round on Elijah and drive him out in fear of his life from Israel and he goes into hiding in the desert where he calls out to God wondering where God is in the midst of his suffering, his pain and his darkness. And the passage which Morag read for us tells us that the Lord appeared to Elijah and told him to go and stand on Mount Horeb, the same mountain funnily enough where God had appeared to Moses all those years before. Because God will meet Elijah there and so Elijah goes to the mountain and waits. And while Elijah waits at the door of the cave for God to show up, a number of things happen. Huge things which in the ancient world would have pointed in no uncertain terms towards God's presence. First, a howling wind, a huge howling wind, comes passing by where Elijah stands. And as Elijah passes, as, as Elijah listens and watches and the wind passes, he waits and listens. And Elijah discovers that God is not in the wind. After the wind comes an earthquake. And the passage tells us that Elijah discovered that God wasn't in the earthquake either. And after the earthquake comes fire. But God's not in that. He may have been there in the fire on top of Mount Carmel, proving his power over the gods of Baal, but he's not in fire on the mountain in front of Elijah. After the fire, our Bible tells us there comes a sound of silence, a deep hush, and within it, a whisper. A whisper which Elijah couldn't ignore, one which he recognised immediately as God's voice, asking him what he was doing there. A voice which he couldn't hide from, a voice which he couldn't ignore, a voice which he couldn't lie to. And, God's give, and God gives him the instructions for the next part of the mission that he has for him. I can't help but wonder what God is saying to us in the deep hush of these days of our new normal. Where perhaps as we notice the birds more because the traffic noise has calmed down. Where maybe we enjoy and appreciate those in our homes around us more 
because we're not able to get out to see our friends, where we notice our neighbours more, because we're so glad to see someone or appreciate their help, or even offer them help. When we find new things to do with our time, maybe finding time for hobbies or whatever it is because we aren't busy. What is God saying to you in this new way, this new time of being, this new normal? But also, where are you sensing God? Where are you seeing God? Where are you witnessing to him in your life? Elijah was looking at the big things, at the grand gestures, in the places where God normally appears, in the storm, in the earthquake, in the fire. But what Elijah discovers as he waits at the mouth of the cave on top of the mountain, the mountain of the Lord, is that this time God appears in the most unexpected and the, the tiniest of ways. Not in the noise or the chaos of the grand gesture, but in the stillness, in the silence, and in the smallness of a whisper. I've been really encouraged this week as I've spoken with some of you, either on the phone, bumping into you in Tesco's car park, or in our Zoom cafe on Thursday afternoon. I've enjoyed hearing the little things which have blessed you or encouraged you in these recent days. The video calls or chats through the window with your grandchildren, a relative or neighbour dropping your prescription or some shopping off, or the text from a friend or a handwritten note of the phone call at just the right moment. And so I wonder if, like Elijah, we need to adjust our expectations. Perhaps because in these days, God is in the small things. In the moments with family, as you gather at the, at, if, if you, like me, gather at the end of a fraught day of trying to get grumpy and belligerent children to do maths, to share your day and your meal together around the table. Or maybe you've seen God in the beauty of the sunsets that we've enjoyed this week, or in the singing of the birds as I am here today. Maybe it's been the text or the call from your grandchild wondering how you are that's blessed you, or in which you've seen God or the call across the fence from your neighbour as you share the time of day together. Maybe it's these things that speak to us of God. Maybe it's been a delivery from the bakery. For me, this week, I have been so aware of God all around me. But the most humbling and arresting moment for me was working in the food pantry on Monday. As I prepared the deliveries to go out that day and I heard the delight in people's voices and the relief as I phoned them to let them know that they would receive a food parcel that day. God was there in the moment of speaking to the dad who was so relieved to be getting anything for him and his two children because as he said, he was skint. God was there in the midst of the family who were so overwhelmed by the parcel they received that they messaged later on to say thank you. And God was there in the sense of others being blessed through us that I felt while preparing wee notes to go out into the, the bags of blessing which went out this week to those who usually come to church on the minibus, either on Sunday morning or on Thursday morning. God was there in the midst of hearing what Eleanor shared with us earlier. God was there on Thursday night in the quiet at two minutes to eight, as I stood on the doorstep in a quiet town, listening to the birds singing and chirping, and going about their business at the end of the day. And God was there minutes later, 
as the town hall clock chimed eight and all around me the noisy clapping and pot banging began. And God has been there in the moments of connection and fellowship between everyone this week. And in the moments where I've enjoyed hearing the many ways that you're reaching out to others and making the most of the time that you have in these days of lockdown. Last week I posed a deep and profound question in these times. I asked you, what does it mean to be church? And this week I felt that echo which went out come back with an answer. An answer which delights me, overwhelms me and causes my heart to soar within me. As all of you have answered, each in your own voice, which God has shouted loud and clear, this is what it means to be church. This is what it means for us to reach out to our community and bless them with God's love and to witness to God's continued presence to us and God at work within us. In the same way that since the beginning of time, God's people have. And so perhaps this is what it sounds like to sing the Lord's song in this foreign land, in this new normal. Who knows, but time will tell. God of refuge, be my saviour. God of everlasting good, you alone have satisfied me more than water, more than food, more than any tempting promise man-made gods cannot fulfill. Weak and frail, they rust and perish, while our God sustains us still. saints reveal your glory they inspire my heart's delight bringing forth their testimony shining in their savior's light see the sorrows yet increasing of the God alone deserves unceasing praises He alone can see. Granting wisdom through the night Giving strength 
God, thank you for all of the many ways that you're revealing yourself to us in these days. Open our eyes that we may see you more. Open our ears that we may hear your whisper. Open our hearts to the warmth of your love and open our hands that we may respond and share what we hear and say and feel with others. Loving and compassionate God, we bring you our prayers for our broken world and we ask for your healing. Pour out your healing balm on all of those who are hurting. We pray for those tired of war, for the hungry, for the sick, for those struggling. And we ask, Lord, that you hear our prayer. We pray for the carers of the living and of the dying, for the bereaved and for the anxious, for those fearful for loss of work or their business. Lord, hear our prayer. pray for the scientists and the researchers, for those who seek to understand the challenges we face, who are trying to find a vaccine, and for those advising our decision makers. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you hear our prayer. We pray for those who lead, our councillors, our MSPs and our MPs. Grant them wisdom and compassion, understanding and guidance as they seek to find a way through these days. We ask, O oh Lord, that you hear our prayer.
and hear us too, Lord, as we bring you the cares upon each of our hearts, for those that matter to us. O Lord, hear our prayer. Hear us now, Lord, as we join our voices together as one and unite in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We've come to the end of our time together and before you go, all that's left is to offer you a blessing. May you go in peace. May you go with listening ears, a willing heart and a singing voice. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and be with you, holding you in the palm of his hand until we see one another again. Amen. <laughs>